I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. <laughs> Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss the number one seed, Phoenix Suns, and the defending world champion, Milwaukee Bucks, both getting bounced in the second round. We also preview these long-awaited, beautiful conference final matchups we have starting tonight. And finally, do Coop and I miss LeBron James in the playoffs? We discuss all of that and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing today, my friend? Uh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Well, Cooper, our Memphis Grizzlies are out of the playoffs, so we're just going to shut it down for the season. It was a good, you know, first half. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we got so much to talk about, man. Like, we are going to dive into all these Game 7s now that the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are beginning tonight on Tuesday. I am so happy. Uh, for that but first if you're a Grizzlies fan or you just want to hear more about the most exciting team in the league right now we will be having a full Grizzlies offseason preview dropping at midnight on Thursday morning and that will include what Josh said in his exit interview about his possible contract what the GM Zach Kleiman had to say about whether or not he's keeping this young core together It's also going to include Dylan Brooks calling the Warriors old immediately following Game 6 loss. And Cooper and I are going to have a tough decision to make on whether we should back up the Brinks truck and pay Tyus Jones or let him walk. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be fun to talk about. And also, we'll know the draft lottery, so we'll get to just touch on future prospects that would look good in that blue and baby blue. So you will not want to miss out on that on Thirsty Thursday. That will drop at midnight on Thursday. But now, there were two Game 7s on Sunday where the number one seed lost by 33 at home in Game 7. The score at halftime was 57 to 27. I was at halftime with my jaw on the floor. Uh, Luca literally had as many points as the Phoenix Suns in the first half. Luca had 27 points. The Phoenix Suns had 27 points. Alex Rodriguez was dead ass asleep on the first row in a game seven, deciding to go to the conference finals. There was a guy asleep courtside. This was a 64 win team with their back against the wall at home to go to their back-to-back conference finals, and their highest scorer was Cam Johnson with 12 points. Devin Booker had 11 points on 3 of 14 shooting. You may want to ask about his plus-minus as well. It's a minus 41. uh, Led the team. This was some people's MVP. And Game 7 at home, 11 points, 3 of 14, minus 41. I don't understand. I I kept hearing and hearing and hearing Devin Booker's name in MVP conversation, and it never made sense to me. The argument I heard time and time again is, well, Jack, he's the best player on the best team. But he wasn't. Like, that's even arguable because regular season CP was, I mean, he was good. He was good. We're not we're looking into playoff CP here soon, but regular season CP was just as big a part and just as valuable as Devin Booker. Because people forget, last year was Devin Booker's first time in the playoffs. He didn't do shit. 
besides score 70 points on a 21 team in the first years of his career. He was nothing until Chris Paul got there. But the sad thing is Devin Booker wasn't even the conversation after this game seven, as bad as he played. It's back to the old CP3 conversation. Playoff CP, man, 10 points and four assists in game seven. 10 points, four assists. Another disappointing year in the playoffs for him. Patrick Beverly was on ESPN virtually all day Monday, calling him a traffic cone on defense. A traffic cone. And (laughs) he was not lying. The Mavs targeted him all night in all series. The sad thing is the pathetic performance didn't even start in game seven, bro. Like the last five games he had... He averaged nine points a game, six assists on four turnovers a game. And as an NBA fan, bro, I really thought this was CP's year to win a title. I did. I mean, if you look at the West, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Jamal Murray, just to name a few, all three of those players did not play in the playoffs this year. And my God, they played the Pelicans and the Mavericks. The Pelicans took them to six games and... These are two teams who had first-year coaches of the teams. But the coach of the year, Monty Williams, gets outcoached by Willie Green and Jason Kidd. What if, let's just imagine, let's just just imagine there was a team who was predicted to be 12th in the conference, as, as Cooper has stated so often, predicted to be 12th in the conference. They're a two seed. They're the third youngest team in the league. This guy in his mid-30s leads a team to 56 wins. And Monty Williams is the coach of the year, gets bounced in the second round. They could not have had an easier stroll to the conference finals. The Pelicans and the Mavericks. That's ridiculous. I'm not even here to argue about coach of the year because... I kind of didn't say anything once that happens. Like, yeah, it's okay. It was based on last year. That's fine. I'm here to say, can we, like, cut down on these Chris Paul State Farm commercials? Please. I mean, the amount of times I've seen CP in a pair of khakis and a red polo is criminal. I mean, this is an NBA player. This is an NBA player in khakis. I'd be wearing JaVinci, Gucci, whatever the hell name brand I couldn't pronounce. That's what I would be wearing. And I would have to tell Susie from Safe Farm, nah, nah, Swayton. Like, like, I'm good. I'm not, I will not put that on. I'm leaving the millions of dollars that you've paid me for the last decade to be on your insurance commercials. I'm good. Because he does not... It's like Baker Mayfield in football with Progressive. Like, it's... They have not done shit in the postseason. And I'm not saying Chris Paul is Baker Mayfield at all, because that's not true. Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards of all time. I'm not taking that away from him. But playoff CP is a whole nother entity. It, it's like it's not even the same guy. And he does everything right for his for his body. He's vegan. He, he takes all the right steps, and he still can't perform in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I'm just sad that he has more commercials than playoff wins, and it's just ridiculous to quote Stephen A. Smith with Baker. That's... Had to, had to throw that in there. But, Cooper, my question to you is, will Christopher Emmanuel Paul ever win a championship? Much as it pains me to say, it's probably going to be a no. Uh, 
the only thing I really took away from this playoffs and this is two things from this series at least. Chris Paul is looking his age, and the Suns wasted the first overall pick. Now I'm gonna hit on the first one first since we're talking about Chris Paul. We'll get to we'll get we'll get to the DeAndre Ayton thing because that please do wild. But uh, uh you sh- you could just see teams forcing Chris Paul to have to play for 60 minutes like they knew how much toll it was going to take on his body and you could see it like he'd have that game where you're like all right there he is there's chris paul he's showing up here he comes and then you see the next game you'd be like who's the bum playing in the number three jersey i thought i was supposed to be seeing chris paul and then like (laughs) you look up and he has like 10 points on four of 18 shooting I don't remember what he shot. I'm just that was just a number I threw out. But he shoots horrible and has more turnovers than he does assists. And you're like, that ain't Chris Paul. Like, where is who is that? And I mean, Jack, I was talking to a coworker today. We were literally talking about how much respect the league and people gained for Chris Paul after he took a Oklahoma City Thunder team who virtually was not projected to be any good. Like they were projected. They were like, Oh, they have Chris Paul in the back few years of his career. They have a young up and coming star in Shea Gildress. That's about it. But then you see this team emerge into the postseason and almost steal a series. If I remember right, like in the amount of respect people gained for him went up and you're like, okay, maybe Chris Paul still has a little bit left. And then he goes, gets traded to the the Phoenix Suns, and you're like, all right, Devin Booker has no excuse anymore. And I don't remember if Aiton was already there and whatnot, but you also have DeAndre Aiton, Mikael Bridges, a guy who's not really done much yet in his career, but he has the potential. DeAndre Aiton has a lot of potential, has a lot of upside. Can Can he flourish? And then you see the entire culture of this team change with Chris Paul. And they're in the championship. Their first year, he's there. Granted, they lose. He did not play very well. But then they come back this year, and I mean, dominant the entire regular season, except for when Santi Aldama came across the court, because Santi Aldama was the Michael Jordan to this team. Uh, it was it, Chuck saw flashes he was. back to when he couldn't win a championship because of Michael Jordan on the other side was Santi Aldama. Devin Booker look, looked across the court and saw Santi Aldama do a reverse dunk and said, <laughs> that guy is better than me at Facts, he said, where'd he go? Because he didn't go to no Kentucky. I didn't play against him yet. <laughs> but no, I mean, this team was dominant. And, I mean, came in as the favorites. And you, and Jack, I'm going to give you all the credit in the world right here. You literally said the team with the target on their back and has the most to prove is the number one seed. They have the biggest like target. You you basically said they they have the most stress. They have the most to prove because you did it all regular season. Can you get back to the finals? Can it be a different story? Well, we got the answer, and his name was Luka Doncic. Uh, but I we'll get to him in a second because that dude's yeah. I'll just go ahead and say it. Preview for what Cooper's about to say. He's the best player in the NBA. Anywho, we're gonna we're gonna move to the. Uh, why the Suns should never draft first in the NBA draft. You have a man by the name of DeAndre who was taken before a man named Luka Doncic, who was taken before a man named 
Trey Young, Jaron Jackson Jr. Even you see those, and those three guys have gotten paid. Those three guys are best player on their team, if not the second best player on their team. Their teams thrive with those two players. Let me just pull up the stats just so I'm not talking out my butt. Oh, wait. Five total shots. 17 minutes for my number one overall pick. Center. Granted. Granted. I will give DeAndre Ayton the benefit of the doubt. You're playing a team that does not have a center. They run Maxi Kleba and you are forced to protect the uh, perimeter. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You have five points and four rebounds in 17 minutes of regulation basketball. And you're the biggest human on the court. Jack, there were times they didn't even look at DeAndre Ayton. And then I think, and I was hearing a story or reading a story today where it said that uh, they were claiming there's some internal problems with DeAndre Ayton because he was told to check back into the game and he said no and Bismack Biombo went in instead. Um, this was a guy that came into this season. I don't remember if he declined the contract or if they didn't offer him one or what it was. I don't really remember. He basically said, no, nah, this is my proof of year. And I'm going to go get what I deserve. Uh, Bubba, you won't be in a Phoenix Sun jersey next year. Uh, you will be getting paid from someone else because the Suns are definitely not paying your butt. Um, not after this. You you are virtually a no-show in a Game 7. Literally, those 17 minutes could have probably been given somewhere else, and they probably would have been more useful. I mean, this ish Rain, Wainwright dude, who I ain't never heard of, had four minutes in this game, and he had more points than you by He doubled your points and had the same exact rebounds in four minutes. Four minutes. He's, it, that's bad. And if, if the fact that you refuse to go in, and I don't know whether or not that's like the actual story or whatnot, but the fact that there's quote-unquote internal issues surrounding you now, and you wanted a massive contract in this offseason, yeah, you're not getting that. Not from this team. Hopefully from somewhere. Hopefully, I mean, you're going to get a contract. There's center needy teams all over this this league. Trey, but, brought, up, Trey brought up the uh, Charlotte fit. Charlotte would work, and I was just about to say Charlotte. And shoot, Michael Jordan ain't going to have nobody in there that ain't, ain't with it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to come run that same crap at MJ. Because uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I... If he comes in and he ruins Lamelo's shot and chances to do great things, because Lamelo is one of the most up, most fun up and coming player in the league right now, I don't want that. But you would fit perfectly alongside him. Yep. But this game did not tell me that you're worth a a number one overall pick, b worth the number or worth the contract you're wanting. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's not Monty Williams' fault. Monty Williams. And I think this is the thing that people really aren't talking about with this series. You had a Phoenix Sun team that, yes, they made the championship last year. They did not hit a single Game 7 in any of their matchups. So Monty Williams never coached a Game 7. Devin Booker, never been in a Game 7. Mikael Bridges, never been in a Game 7. DeAndre Ayton, never been in a Game 7. Chris Paul has been. I don't know how many he's won. I don't think it's been very many. <laughs> um, but but Cooper, they won eight games in a row in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! I mean, it's just it's they just. I'm gonna be honest. Like when I 
I watched the first two quarters of this game because I saw all I needed to see after two quarters because the game was over after two quarters. A-Rod was asleep. I was asleep. Are you kidding me? I turned it <laughs> off. Leah and I picked a movie to watch. Yeah. Um, great movie, by the way. We watched Death on the Nile. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. You know I'm all down for that murder mystery type thing. It was a good movie. Coop, Coop's movie reviews, I'm here for it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know I got the movie reviews, but oh, uh, for sure. uh, when I saw Luca drain his first three shots, one on DeAndre, or one, yeah, one on DeAndre Ayton, one on Mikael Bridges, and one on Chris Paul, he was he was giving everybody the water park. Uh, and they were, and then I saw Devin Booker literally miss the easiest finger roll ever. Like you could honestly tell someone who's never shot a basketball in their life, and they just be like, show them how to do a finger roll. They could go out there and probably make that finger roll. Like he literally had the open lane and he just sold it, missed the bunny. When I saw that and I and I saw how much they were pressing, dude, even Jay Crowder even was pressing in this game. Um, and and like that's just coming from a guy that you and I know and love, person, like because he was on our team. Right. Um, and he was just pressing. Um, they looked flat footed. They looked shell shocked, to be honest with you, on their own home court. But you know who didn't look shell shocked? My man Luka Doncic, and also Spencer Dinwiddie. Holy crap! Yeah. Uh, also, playoff. I mean, he's been in the playoffs a few times. Spencer Dinwiddie has, and he—he's a. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. Do I think he's on an astronomical contract for him? Yes, but Spencer Dinwiddie is a good basketball player. Um, and I think people have forgotten that because of how long it's been since we've seen Spencer Dinwiddie thrive because he got hurt, and it's been so long. I feel like. And obviously, there's not a soul in this world that's watching Washington Wizards basketball, and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, but we haven't seen him in a big moment in a really long time. So this was awesome game for Spencer Dinwiddie. It made me super happy to see that. Um, I mean, he he had a torch on him uh, Sunday night. Like it was that boy could not miss. Um, I mean, he literally was 11 of 15 in this game, Jack. <laughs> the, the man was feeling it, and uh, that's only in 25 minutes. <laughs> like, God. killed it. He had 30 points in 25 minutes. Like, just incredible game for him. And then Jalen Bronson continuing to prove why he's going to get paid in the offseason. And when we talk on Wednesday about the Grizzlies offseason, uh, he will be a man that I mention probably first because uh, – I just want to. I'll hit on him as for my reasoning for another player on our team, but he's gonna get a he's gonna get starter type money somewhere. I I think Dallas would kind of be foolish to keep him and Dinwiddie because you want somebody who can run next to Luca, and then you want some money to free up to get better wings around you. I was about to say better wings than Reggie Bullock, but then I look and he had the highest plus minus in the game, so I might need to show my show my hate on Reggie Bullock, but uh. He, he he's deserving of the contract he's going to get and I know he's going to get it from somewhere I don't know where and we can we'll look at that and when we get to the full offseason preview later on down the road uh, when these finals are wrapped up but uh, he, he's he's going to get something um, but Luca, Jack Luca's the best Luca's the best basketball player in the world right now and I, I don't even think it's I don't even think it's a, a debate like when I so the first shot he took was that that nasty spin move, Dirk fadeaway, and I literally was like, "I swear this has to be what it felt like to watch Larry Bird play basketball." High, high praise from Cooper Neal right there for Luka Doncic. 
but you know what time it is. It's time to cash some tickets. It's time to make some money. It's time for Trey's best bets. What up, what up, Trey? How are you doing, my friend? What's up, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I know you're good, too. You still got two futures on the line still going that you gave me weeks ago in the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. So I know you're happy, but um, we're going to first kick this thing off with the lines that just dropped on Monday for these uh, brand new conference finals. So let's do it, man. So tomorrow night we got the Boston Celtics at the Miami Heat at 730 Central Time. Right now, the spread is plus one and a half towards Boston. Money line is plus 102. I'm taking the money line all day. Um, I think Boston's going to win this series in six. Um, but I definitely see them get, grabbing game one in Miami. Miami's crowd kind of sucks anyway, too. <laughs> and then uh, on Wednesday, we got 8 p.m. Central, Dallas Mavericks at Golden State. That line is minus five towards Golden State. I'm taking the minus five. Um, like you and I were just talking about, man, Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think he's going off at 30 again. And at this point, you know, like Golden State has, has better defenders than Phoenix, I truly believe. You know, they have Draymond. Wiggs can match up with some people better than Phoenix had. So that'll be interesting. I'm taking the minus five on that one, though. You definitely see that happening. I think the Warriors are rolling right now. I think Dallas is going to be... I think there's going to be some regression to the mean with their percentages. You're not going to shoot the cuff off the ball like everyone did in that game seven. It was a hell of a win. And I'm not taking anything away from that, but it, it takes a lot out of you, even in a blowout win, especially when you're hitting everything you put up. So there will be some regression there, and I'd take the Warriors as well, man. That's what I was thinking, too. You know, Golden State came out and blew the bricks off of Memphis game three. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we came back game four, kept it close, lost that one, but then came out game five and blew the, blew the bricks off, right back off of Golden State. So I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I don't think that Dallas is going to keep up that three-point shooting because that was, like you said, not taking anything away from him, but that was insane. That was crazy. So... Exactly. And just like the cherry on top is Golden State's undefeated at home in the playoffs right now. Chase Center has been just an unbelievable atmosphere too. It has. It's been it's been great. They're they're such a good home home team too. So I like that one minus five for sure. Um and then I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this playoff series, and if you go click on uh Heat and Celtics, you can go to correct score. This one, I was just talking with you about this too. I love the Celtics and six. I just think that's, I was thinking about it earlier this morning. I really see Boston taking game one. I can see Miami taking game two, but I don't think Miami's gonna go to Boston and beat them. And I really think Miami's gonna go back home and get closed out in five or in six by, uh, oh no, I guess that would mean Miami. So I have Miami winning five and then Boston closing out and Boston in game six, so. I like that one, um, Boston and six. I don't. I just woke up this morning and had a feeling that was going to happen. I've been thinking about it all day, and I still like the feeling, so I'm going to roll with that one. And then, in this Dallas one, Golden State, I'm not going to bet it because I don't know. I I really don't know. So that one's going to be a fun series. I really am excited to watch that one. So. <laughs> yeah. After that, after that Phoenix debacle, a 65 win team getting beat on their home floor 
down by 30 at halftime in game seven is just, I wouldn't want to touch anything that Dallas is doing right now, so I don't blame you one bit. As far as the Boston front, the Boston and six, I could, I could see that. Uh, my pick's going to be Boston in seven, but it's still the Celtics because one, there's not a Giannis Antetokounmpo on the Miami Heat. They have already faced the best player in the world, and they contained him. Jimmy Butler has been Hemi Butler, obviously, this playoffs, but it's not, like, it's still not Giannis, bro. Like, Jimmy in the playoffs is still not Giannis, but... Um, exactly. They have the matchups to match up with Jimmy, too. You know, I can see Jay Perry guarding Jimmy. I can see Jalen Brown going and covering Jimmy, so... Exactly. Like, like you said, with Giannis... You, you kind of just like put a couple of bodies in front of them and pray. I mean, Al Horford turned back the clock and went crazy last series. So. Mm -hmm. And also Kyle Lowry being in and out of the lineup. And when he's in the lineup, he looks just like a fat oh. old man, to be honest. <laughs> but like, yeah, he looks, he looks hurt for sure. Yeah, it's, I don't, I think you're going to need more than just Jimmy and Bam out of bio and Duncan Robinson, you know, him logging DNPs early in the playoffs to now being back to the lineup to Victor Oladipo having to depend on him and his health. I just, it's a lot of question marks for me for Miami, even though they did take care of Philly in six and Atlanta in five. It's just, I don't think those are two very good teams. I knew James was going to shrink and he did. I, I agree. And you know, two of those games, Philly didn't even have Joel. So exactly. Exactly. Comes to a point where it's like we we kind of knew what was going to happen. Small game, James. He showed up one game big, and I was like, "Whoa, that was mm -hmm. kind of cool." And yeah. then he went right back and shot two two shots the whole second half, and then a crucial game six. So, um, yeah, no, I agree, man. And like you said, Atlanta was just outmatched. I mean, even Trey Young, he looked like he was just out of it when it came to the second half because that defense is so hounding. Yeah. So I agree, man. And then, like you said, with with Kyle Lowry, that's a great point I didn't even think about, man, because with Marcus Smart coming back, he's going to be healthy. You got Robert Williams has a bone bruise, but he's expected to play. You know, Marcus Smart's going to eat Gabe Vincent. Yes, so absolutely. And Marcus Smart's just been an animal all over the floor. I've I've loved watching him these entire playoffs, just from getting in Giannis's head with whatever the hell that was, them trying to get up from like diving for loose balls. Besides the end of that Drew Holiday game where he absolutely sold the game twice, where Drew Holiday blocked him and then stole the ball from him late, Marcus Smart had a really good playoffs. I couldn't agree more. Also, want to shout out Drew Holiday there. What a play. That was that, what that was. block and throw off of him and then to get that rip at the end. That was probably some of the most clutch defensive average. Exactly. And I think he's a big reason that game went seven because, I mean, people forget Chris Middleton was not here and Drew Holiday stepped up big time in games. He had at least a couple games where he scored over 25 and turned back the clock. He's known as, you know, relatively as a defender, not an offensive threat. And he helped Giannis as much as he could. But at the end of the day, they didn't have enough half court scoring and Drew's never been able to do that. Exactly. I was just about to say that, too. Like he dropped those, I think it was two or three 25 point games, man. But I think I think if Boston had Chris Middleton, I would have been a little. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was stressed about that future when it went to seven. I was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. But um, if they had Middleton, man, I would have been sweating bullets because they played they played Boston so well without Middleton that mm -hmm. and you know anything can anything can swing in a game seven. So I'm, I'm not glad he was not there, but I'm glad he wasn't. 
Yeah, exactly. And it takes Grant Williams shooting 18 threes and having 30 points and to uh What a performance. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was crazy. Former ball sure. going off in the playoffs. That was crazy. Yeah. For sure. But um do you have any picks like unrelated to betting at all like what are your picks for the finals if you had to pick? I know you have Boston and 6. But what about that West Conference if you had to pick? Like it, yeah. I think I would think it's either going six or seven. Mm. If I had to bet, I would probably say six just because Golden State has home court. And I feel like they can grab one in Dallas. Mm. Um, so I'd probably say Golden State in six. But um, I really think it's going to be Golden State and um, Boston in the finals for sure. I'd love that. Pretty much any one of these, like whoever wins these series, whatever matchup there is in the finals, I'd love. And that's what I, that's the first thing I look at when I look at conference finals. Like, okay, as an NBA fan, what am I going to enjoy the most in the finals? Because to be honest, when we ever, when we got Milwaukee and Phoenix last year, I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I ended up absolutely loving the finals. Like it was one of my favorite finals ever, but still just, I love, you know, being able to, play what ifs when it comes to the finals for sure i totally agree and like if you look at these star players man like it's so awesome jason tatum and jalen brown can get their first ring or jimmy butler can get his first ring mm-hmm. then you got on the other side you got luca who can get his first ring or you got steph who can get a four mm-hmm. so like it, it's just it's a it's a great story either way it's gonna work out i i love it i'm excited for it so I feel like these are going to be such high competitive series too. Jason Kidd and Ime Udoka have been coaching the hell out of their teams, man. They've been they've been outstanding. Yeah, they have been for sure. And how about how about uh that Phoenix coach, man? I don't I don't know with the whole DeAndre Ayton thing. Did you hear anything more I, about that? So I guess what happened was like Monty Williams went over to him with about seven minutes left in the third quarter, hmm. and was like. You ready to go in? And he like gave him attitude and was like, We're getting our ass kicked. I'm not going in or something like that. Wow. And then like Bismarck Biombo like stood up and was like, What the hell's your problem, DeAndre? And like apparently he got pissed and started yelling at him. So Monty sat him the rest of the game. And then after the game, did you see what he said after the game? No, I didn't see that. So like a reporter was like, You only played eight in like 17 minutes. Like, was that like a basketball decision? And he goes, Nope, it's internal. Yeah, because yeah, 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 I did see the internal part, and that's that's as far as I saw it. I didn't know about the whole bench thing and him not wanting to go in. My yeah, God. so I found that out today. So like, because you know he wanted the supermax last year, but the Suns were worried about his attitude and everything. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna help you get money, but no, um, not at all. I don't think he's gonna be playing at Phoenix next year. I was listening and uh, looking around at some of the destinations with like the most cap space, mm-hmm. and like. Oklahoma City is one, uh, the Pelicans are one, and then Charlotte is one. So I think Lamelo and God, would I would be, love that fit. I would love that, be, love that fit. Yes, with with Miles Bridges too, bro. Mm. That would be that would be insane. Facts. That's the that's been their missing piece for years. That's all they. It, need. It's been such a like a easy fix. They went out and they tried to turn back the clock with Montrez Harrell, but obviously that didn't work. He's not the player he used to be, but that DeAndre Ayton fit in Charlotte would be incredible. That would be so that would be so fun to watch. Though. That starting lineup of Lomelo, Rozier, Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the four is, but then you got Ayton at the five. That would be insane. 
Also mm-hmm. New Orleans though, because then you got Alvarado, you got McCollum, mm-hmm. you play Zion at the three. Oh no, you play Brandon Ingram at the three, Zion at the four, and play eight at the five. That's like that's like a two K team. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I'd honestly move off Valanciunas in a heartbeat if I was New Orleans. I hate that fit next to Zion. I hate that so much. It's it's not gonna ever work. Man. I don't get me wrong. I love Zion Valanciunas. I do but too. He's but yeah. he's not like I guess he, like Stephen Adams would work great with Zion mm-hmm. because Zion's gonna space the floor and he can set those. Steve Sa can come set those massive screens he always set. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be, that'll be that, interesting. <coughs> exactly. And that's a big reason Zion had a big year uh, when he did, when Essay was there. So that's for sure. But uh, one one more thing before we go. Um, I'm going to ask Cooper this as well. But in your opinion, does Chris Paul, you know, the so-called point guard, does he ever win a championship? That's, that's been the debate of the day. Um, you know, I think this year was his best chance. Because if you look at the West next year, I don't think the Lakers are going to be as bad as they were this year. Um, Kawhi and Paul George are going to be coming back, barring any setbacks. Um, Jamal Murray and Michael, Michael Porter Jr. will be back, so Denver will be back. Um, Dame will be back. I, I think this was his best year. I don't think. No, I don't think. I think it's. I think it's over. Yep. You and I see eye so, to eye as as we mostly do. Yeah. Yeah, I, man. I it's couldn't have unfortunate said it for him. I mean, I would have loved for him to get a ring because, like, at the end of the day, I still do like Chris Paul. I think he's a great player, but gotta gotta take those opportunities when they're given, and he clearly didn't. So, yeah, I, it's I unfortunate. Did you say? Hey, did you see those end of the year interviews for the Grizzlies? I did not. No. So, uh, Jean Morant was asked about a contract extension, and he goes, "I haven't been oh, given yeah. one yet," mm-hmm. but. If you're asking if I want to be in Memphis, my answer is hell yeah. Yes, I saw that. That shit made me so happy. And then Tyus said, he was like, I love Memphis, but I got to like choose a lot of things. I I want to stay here, but I also want to be a starter. So like there's going to be a lot of things coming into it, but I'm not ruling it out. So Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, if we could offload offload someone, some of these contracts, and Jarrett Culver is about to make like 10 million, doesn't even play. Yeah, so I, yeah. I let, yeah. We trade him for something. Yeah, trade him for something and give that money to Tyus for a one-year deal at least. Exactly. One year, one year, ten million. I, that's hard to turn down. Yeah, the fact but that then, we um, gave away Patrick Beverly for that kind of pisses me off too. But it is what it I is. Agree, bro. I agree. Because Pat Bev would have been so fun on this team with all the talk yes. we do. Yes, that my God. Awesome. Yeah. That would amazing. But then Steven Adams, where was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So this reporter goes, Steven, hey Steven, remember when I asked you about the Peabody Ducks? And he like puts his finger on the thing and he goes, like little marching guys? <laughs> <laughs> and the reporter goes, yeah, remember when you thought they were a hockey team? <laughs> and I was, I lost it. But then like the guy was like, yeah, you could probably be like an honorary duck master. And Steven Adams goes, a duck master? Like, what the hell is a duck master, mate? mate. Yeah, he does his mate. <laughs> and then he, the guy, like, tells him, he's like, yeah, this guy, like, goes back to, like, the prepping thing and, like, walks him out to the lobby. And he goes, you're bullshitting me, right? And he goes, no, I'm serious. And he goes, I totally thought you were bullshitting me. And he goes, wow. He goes, 
Duck Master, that's pretty fucking cool. Put that on my Tinder <laughs> profile and everyone else swipe right. <laughs> oh I my god. Lost it though. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'll have to send you the link. It was so funny, bro. Bro, can you imagine I, I, Steven's big ass head on a Tinder picture? Dude, that thing, that oh. forehead could not fit on a fucking iPhone 13. There's mm. no shot. <laughs> No shot. No way, bro. No way. Could you imagine even being on Tinder and just seeing a massive, massive human like Steven Adams on there? Dude, I would die. Like, Holy shit. Like, that man could headbutt through a brick wall. <laughs> I swear, dude. He really, like, he could, if he ran through a brick wall, I think the bricks <laughs> would fall off. Like, he is huge, bro. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. But no, dude, I love this team. I'm so excited for next year. Mm -hmm. Me too. I I'm proud of him for sure. For Definitely, sure. man. Especially mm -hmm. the way we rallied without Zod that that last couple games too. And all those Warriors and their fans were sitting there talking trash. It's like, bro, if you guys didn't have stuff, you guys would be toast. Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly. that's what they're holding on to. Like, uh, like our favorite player, <laughs> Dylan Brooks, said they're getting old and we're young, so... Uh, yeah, well, Dylan, you're getting kind of old too. That is, you just, <laughs> maybe you're not getting old. Maybe your shot just looks old because you do it so damn much. I had to get you going a little bit. Uh, <laughs> God, you got me going now. Now I'm frustrated. Again. <laughs> uh, well, all right, bro. Well, I hope you have a great day. Thank you for coming on as always, my friend. Absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great day too. Hope we can go cash some tickets and... Uh, Celtics and Warriors and we could cash those futures for the boys as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Great conversation with Trey Day as always. Wishing him the best of luck on his futures that he still got going and his bets that he is making this week. But there was another game seven Sunday, right? Let's move to the other um, game seven that happened on Sunday in which I was the most excited for but it wasn't much of a game really into the fourth either it wasn't i mean nobody was asleep courtside thank god so um but the celtics played the bucks in boston the garden was electric for a game seven to go to the eastern conference finals and grant williams cheese completely took over the game he buried three after three Ended up with 27 points, and he ended up shooting 18 threes, which is okay because he made a boatload of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and his team held Giannis to 10 of 26 from the field. And as a guy who picked the Celtics out of the East and have been on really the Celtics trains for months now, I hate to say this, but the reason the Celtics won this series to me is because of Chris Middleton. Yep. Giannis had 44 and 20 in game six and still lost. If you get 10 to 15 points out of Chris Middleton, you win that game with ease. Um, even in game seven, if you have somebody else show up in that second half that can score in a half court set and get his own bucket mid range three at the basket, get to the foul line like Chris Middleton can, I think. The Celtics lose this series in six games. I really do. But I'm not going to take any credit away from Boston because 
They didn't choose who was on the other side. No. They just took down the defending world champs and one of the greatest players in the game right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And in my opinion, I don't hate it at all because I love the Boston-Miami Eastern Conference Finals. I think it's so damn exciting. Thanks. Um, Cooper, you have any thoughts on this Celtics-Bucks game? I do. Um, for First off, shout out Grant Williams. Uh, Jack, I'm going to give you a little preview. I had made a even this was before Sunday, I had made a Cooper's top trade targets for the Grizzlies. Grant Williams was Uh-oh. number one on that list, mostly hey. because not because I thought he'd shoot 18 threes in a game, but I just wanted some wing size off the bench who could shoot. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I think Grant Williams would uh, see his name at the number one on my list and go out there and shoot seven of 18 threes. Um, the price just went up. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, I was really thinking he'd be like, kind of like a low end. Uh, I have some wild trade ideas for you, but I won't. I'll just give you, make you sit on that for a few days. Uh, <laughs> I really like. I kid you not. He was number one on that list because um, I love him. Uh, he, he's had a really impressive playoff run. Um, I didn't. I. I I, I felt like when you and I talked about it, you'd probably agree with me in the fact that I don't think Boston would trade him. But it, it was just food for thought. But, yeah, shout-out him. Uh, shout-out Peyton Pritchard uh, for the culture. I love it. Um, I loved you coming out of the draft. Uh, I, I remember I was in Colorado skiing for the first time, and uh, the Pac-12 uh, tournament was on, the only thing on TV in Colorado. And uh, I fell in love with Peyton Pritchard there. No, I'm dead. Like, it's kind of it's kind of wild, but I remember like that's where I saw Peyton Pritchard, and then I had them like I put them into my like Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or something like that. Kind of wild like that in my uh, bracket. I think they actually made it to like the Sweet Sixteen or something like that. But anyway, that's my rant on Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams. But yeah, dude, Giannis is Giannis, dude. He had 25, 20, and nine in this game. It ain't Giannis's fault. Even Drew Holiday played great. Like I can't even be mad at him. Like. You shot 43% from the court, had 21 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. And you're one of the best defenders on your team. I question Mike Budenholzer's rotations, however. Grayson Allen looks shell-shocked. And I hate saying that because I love Grayson. And they just paid this man $10 million a year. Um, He looked shell-shocked. I mean, dude, he was airballing. Bricking, I mean, you name it. Man was 0 for 4 from 3 and 0 for 6 from the field in this game. And I think he was 0 for, 0 for 3 in the last game, too. Um, out of your starting lineup was Giannis, Drew, Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen and Wesley, Ma- Wesley Matthews combined. And you know what? Your starting lineup combined was 2 for, that's 12 plus 8, 23. 2 for 23 from 3. Not that this player is going to bring you very much three-point shooting, but this dude had been a dog defensively for the entire series, and he had two total minutes played in this game. That's Javon Carter. And you know I love Javon, and and I mean, mostly this is my love for him, but he had been playing really good basketball in this series. And yet you played George Hill, Wesley Matthews, Grayson Allen, significantly more minutes over him. I find that really head-scratching especially because George Hill don't really bring it to you like that on defense anymore. He didn't even shoot the ball. And Grayson looked absolutely scared to shoot the ball out there. 
and it and i hate saying that but it's what it it is what it is and wesley matthews ain't had it for years i don't know why he keep playing but i definitely there were some head scratching things and obviously i don't think javon carter flips this game but i i just you have to overcompensate when you lose your second best player and when i say second best player chris middleton makes 30 million a year like you kind of rely on that dude to play if he's making that much money. Like that's you don't have very many good end of the rotation guys if you have multiple guys making significant money. So you need those guys to contribute. Um, so you have to overcompensate. And I felt like somebody who would uh, play really solid defensive minutes would be someone I would probably value just a little bit more. But that's just me. But I mean, look. Uh, I want to say Vernon, then we're talking about the stats of what the Bucks do before the series even started. And it said they're number uh, two or three in paint points given up per game, but they're number uh, like in de- defensive paint points. So they're really good defenders of the paint, but they're like 29th or 30th in three point given up. So basically the way you beat them is you have to shoot threes and everybody was questioning whether or not the Celtics could do that. Well, uh, shout out Grant Williams, Peyton Bridger, because they can't. <laughs> and obviously Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown played incredible and Al Horford had his moments in the series as well but the, the Celtics went out there and shot threes and they came away with a win I mean when you shoot 55 threes in a game and you, you're you 40% from three uh, yeah you're not losing very many basketball games uh, doing that and uh, that's what the Bucks wanted to give up and the Celtics capitalized um, but yeah no this we, we can jump right on into the Celtics Miami series because I and am that's, excited. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're gonna do, man. This is my favorite matchup going into a series of the entire playoffs. Miami Boston. Uh, it makes me think of when I was a kid seeing LeBron James just in Jason Terry's life on that D Wade <laughs> to LeBron lob. I just love this matchup. Um, I love the way. Jimmy has been Hemi this entire playoffs. Jimmy Butler has averaged 28.7 points per game. Jason Tatum has went to a absolute different stratosphere in these playoffs. He's averaged 28.3 points per game. And these are two different teams. They're both really, really good defensively. Boston has a younger core than Miami. Um, but there's a whole lot of dogs on the court with yeah. Marcus Smart, Jimmy Butler sharing a court, PJ Tucker on that same court. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch. Um, Cooper, what is your prediction on this electric Miami and Boston series? Man, I knew you'd make me make my prediction first. Um, dude, this is this is going to be this is going to be a series right here. I honestly, I'm I'm more excited for this series because. For those of y'all that didn't get to enjoy the basketball of like the days where it was the Memphis Grizzlies, the San Antonio Spurs, the Clippers with uh, Lob City, um, the Thunder back when they had James Harden coming off the bench, like those series were so much fun because 80, 85 points was like a luxury. Uh, that's what this series is going to feel like. I feel like we're going to be taking it back. To, and when I say old school, like obviously it ain't like old old school, but like we're gonna be taking it back to early two thousands, late uh, like 
2010s uh, with this series. These are defensive-minded teams. You've already said it. There's going to be dog after dog after dog on this on this court. Uh, you go up and down these rosters. I think they match up head to head really smoothly. Um, we'll start with. We've already been talking about the Celtics, so we'll keep going with them. Grant Williams is playing the best basketball of his life right now. You've already mentioned Jason Tatum. Uh, you you and I both have said he's going to be top five player in the league going into next year. And we didn't think that was. And it's not outrageous to say that uh, he has looked incredible. Um, Marcus Smart, Defense Player of the Year. Peyton Pritchard came off the bench, had huge threes throughout this series. Al Horford's been turning back the clock, uh, playing like a different man, too. Like, there's some things that he's been doing that you're like, dude, you've never done that before. Um, yeah, I don't know who the hell has been in an Al Horford costume, but that yeah. blow by Giannis and then yam and then elbow to the face was the Epic. funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Epic. It was it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown gave me incredible. hope. Actually, it, it, it gave me hope. You, you know that's right. You know, you know we've been trying to dunk since we was came out the womb. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jalen Brown's been playing incredible. Uh, Derek White hadn't been shooting very well, but Derek White's just such a high IQ player. Um, you and I have loved him ever since he came over in that trade early in the season. So I, he's not been shooting well, and you know. Uh, honestly, I'm going I'm to highlight him for just a second. He's going to either not shoot at all or you're going to have to shoot really well because possessions are going to be a premium in this series because um, the defense is going to be electric. Um, I, I will be shocked if we see games that hit 110. I really will be. Um, honestly, I kind of want to lower that to like 105. Like I think these are going to be some slug it out, brutal games and when i say brutal like it's it's going to be some hard-nosed basketball like it's going to be a physical physical series i swear if it's ruined by refs you will see me riot and revolt um but this is going to be a fun fun series um correct uh do we know like injuries and everything going into this like people who might not be playing or whatnot uh, Kyle Lowry will be out for game one okay. with a hamstring injury. Is uh so that means Robert Williams will be playing? Uh, I have not heard about Robert Williams. I can find out real quick. All right, yeah. The only reason I ask on that one is because uh, Robert Williams will be huge against Bam Adebayo in the series. Um, Marcus Smart is questionable for game one. Robert Williams has no restrictions. Beautiful. That's huge, in my opinion, for. The Boston Celtics because Bam Adebayo is freaky, um, and you saw what happened in the first few games of the series without Joel Embiid guarding him, and it was like DeAndre Jordan or uh, who else, was it Paul Millsap that they were throwing out there? It might have been somebody else, but it, you saw what happened when you have a bum out there playing center. And no offense to Daniel Tice, but uh, yeah, you, you ain't guarding Bam Adebayo. Um, but you already mentioned some of the dogs, PJ Tucker. Literally the scariest human in a six-five body. Um, I don't know who you're going to get out of Duncan or Max Drews because uh, they're kind of taking each other's spots back and forth this season, it feels like. Um, but Tyler Hero, dog, and he's going to come off the bench and he's going to do his best to score. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how Boston defends against them. You already mentioned Kyle Lowry's out. I do think that is key um, to see. Have they been starting – Tyler Hero, or they've been starting uh, Victor Oladipo, or either. 
let me see. Because I don't, I feel like they've played a few games without Kyle. Um, but they have been starting. That's what I thought. I think it's Max Struz and Gabe Vincent. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and that's fine. Um, but you've already, you've already hit on my boy Jimmy. My boy Jimmy Buckets. Hemi is a different man in these playoffs, and ever since the Michelob Ultra commercial's been coming out, he ain't. Now that's a commercial I can get. Oh, I can get dude, on to. I, I like that commercial. Greatest commercial right now is that basket or not the basketball, the bowling alley with Peyton Manning, Jimmy Butler, and the Serena walks in. One of my favorite yeah. commercials of all time right now. I love that commercial. And then you got. In fact. And like the thing I want to point out about that is like none of those like professional athletes like have khakis on. No, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> oh lord! Uh, but Jimmy Butler is a different breed when he gets into the playoff mode. I love Jimmy Butler, and you might think I'm crazy, but it's because of Jimmy Butler that I'm gonna say Heat and seven. Um, this is a seven-game series without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, because um, I really, I'm telling you, this is going to be such a physical series. That's one team's going to wear one team down one game. The next team, the team, the losing team is going to be so infuriated that they're going to go watch up on film and they're going to come back down and out physical the next team, the next game. Like I just feel like this is going to be such a back and forth series. And honestly, if you told me, oh, Coop, Celtics winning four, oh, Coop, Heat winning four. I could, I would honestly believe you. I could see it with these two teams because they play so similarly. But I do think we're gonna get six or seven. Um, and I'm gonna. Jimmy Butler is a man on a mission this year, um, and I would love nothing more than to see Miami Heat versus Dallas Mavericks in the championship. Uh, it'd be, it'd be a rivalry that, I mean, it's not really a rivalry, but like. Dallas Maverick got in the way of LeBron, D Wade, and uh, uh, Chris Bosh getting that uh, extra ring. Uh, I'd love to see that rivalry again. Two fun franchises, um, but I I like Miami. Uh, I really do. I think this team is taking care of business. Yeah, they had the few games where Joel just came back and had the mask, and you know that the mask gives you extra powers. Um, because mass, maxed up people is uh, different. Like, I mean, Mike Conley was averaging like 40 when he had that mask on for the Grizz. Um, if you know, you know. But I, I love Jimmy. I love Bam. Tyler Hero's a bucket. Kyle Lowry coming back will be – he. We need, we need a healthy Kyle Lowry, so don't rush him back. Because um, I think the way Max Drews has been playing – is, is definitely going to be beneficial, but you definitely want a veteran guy like Kyle Lowry uh, to get in and help provide some more defense. I, I don't know that's crazy because they already got plenty of it, but um, you have veterans on this team that have been here before. Um, you have one of the best coaches of all time on your side. Um, I, I like this team. I mean, they have championship DNA. They've been there before. Um and they're never satisfied. They're like, if I can compare a team to the way the Memphis Grizzlies feel like they will be a few years from now with just everybody has that dog mentality, everybody wants more, they're not satisfied, that's how I feel like this Heat team is. And so I, with that, because of that reason, I feel like I have to go Heat uh, in seven. 
<sighs> that is a great lead in to my prediction because that's how tight this series is going to be. My prediction is Boston in seven. And I truly feel like you could flip a coin with this series. I could see it going either way, just like you can. Um, I, I could see JT even cementing his legacy in this league even more and taking down the Miami Heat because I just think he has more help right now. Um, Jalen Brown can go off for 25 to 30 on any night. Uh, Grant Williams apparently can now too. And with Robert Williams back, I, I really, really believe in this Boston team. Derek White has to get back on track. They're not beating the Miami Heat without um, Derek White. I know that sounds crazy, but the way he has been shooting lately is pitiful. He needs to get back to the Derek White of old. Yeah. Marcus Smart has been um, a dog, one of the best players in the playoffs. Um, uh, his defense, his hustle, his scoring, his playmaking. It's <laughs> green hair, assassin. Marcus Smart has been so fun to watch. <laughs> Miami, I just feel like the Kyle Lowry thing is very interesting to me because he has been in and out of the lineup all playoffs, and when he's been in the lineup, he has not played well. He's looked overweight. He's looked old. He has not looked like the Kyle Lowry that he was in Toronto, and I just I feel like Jimmy by himself is not enough. Yes, Tyler Hero can get you – buckets off the bench and bam can have great nights too but i just feel like victor oladipo and max Struess and duncan robinson's not enough i mean they weren't even playing duncan robinson he was logging dmps in the first and second round a guy that paid 80 million dollars in the offseason is logging did not plays in the first and second round i don't think the chemistry's right in miami i think they had two very easy matchups and Philly being one of them. I, I said James Harden would shrink, and he did. I get all manner of um, comments about small game James whenever he had that 131 point per game in game four. And I said, just wait. Just wait. This is his one good game out of his um, 12 playoff games that he played. And he, of course, <laughs> game six rolls around. Series on the line. His star is beat up. He's needed. He takes two shots in the second half. He shrinks like he always does. But anyways, this isn't about Philly. This is about Miami. Um, I, I, I think Joel Embiid getting hurt was huge for them. He didn't play two games in that series, and they cruised um, just like they should. Uh, Trey Young didn't have any help in the first round. I think Boston taking down the defending world champs, taking down Brooklyn in four games. I think it's just their year. I may be wrong, but that's what my gut's been telling me. It's what my gut's been telling me for the past several months. I'm, I'm going with Boston Celtics in seven. Hey, I, I, I applaud you because you've been sticking with them through thick and thin. You've been on them since even before uh, even before that uh, Brooklyn Nets series. So I, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Bet, bet. Let's go to a man you have talked about in a great light tonight, and that's Luka Doncic. The Western Conference Finals are set now as well between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, my first thought looking at this matchup is who the hell is going to guard Luka? <laughs> uh, if if Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder can't hold him, how is Jonathan Kaminga or Andrew Wiggins going to hold him? I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, ja had 47 against these clowns. 
like that happened and Gary Payton's not there. Um, Ja turned around and said he can't guard me pointing at Wiggs. I, I, in my opinion, Luca's a lot more, um, a lot more, or I just say Luca's a lot more electrifying on offense than Ja. Not, not, not in a highlight way, but in a numbers way. Yeah, and he can put up more volume and with more efficiency than John Morant can. I think yeah. Luca could possibly have a 60-point game in this conference finals. I really do. Um, but looking at the other side, is Luca enough to take down the three-time world champs, the dynasty that is the Golden State Warriors? Is Dinwiddie going to show up in this series? He showed up in Phoenix. Is he going to show up in this conference finals? That's yet to be seen. I don't know. Um, this is going to be a fantastic series as well. And Cooper, you know what's coming. Uh, who you got in this one? You made a incredible point. Uh, what's crazy is when this when I, like when Dallas won. My initial thought I was like I want to ask Jack who he'd put. Like if you're if you're Steve Kerr, who is guarding Luca? Who gets that assignment? In my personal opinion, it'd be Draymond. But the only problem with that is you're putting like. They're just gonna pick and roll. Like I mean, they're just gonna they're just gonna get somebody else on them. So Golden State needs Steph, Steve Kerr to be coaching. No offense to Mike Brown, uh, they need him to be coaching because he's gonna have to have a defensive game plan. Because your entire defense is going to have to be geared towards either stopping Luca or making sure nobody else scores. So that's you. You literally hit the two points that I have for the series. Um, is Jalen Brunson? Is Spencer Dinwiddie? Is Maxi Kleba? Is Dorian Finney-Smith? Are those guys gonna show up in this series? Because I already said it. Luca, Luca's the best player in the NBA right now. But Luca going one on three against. Actually, I'll say one on four. Luca going one on four against Steph, Clay, Dre. Jordan Poole slash Andrew Wiggins. I'll say slash because neither of them, like, Jordan Poole's had some games here and there, and Andrew Wiggins has some games here and there, so I'll say slash. So we'll say four because I'll, I'll make them be half and half. But can he – he's going to have to have Wiggins – or he's going to have to have Dinwiddie and Brunson. He, he's going to have to have help, and can he get it? Um, if, if I'm a coach scheming against – this Dallas Mavericks team, my philosophy would be, look, it don't matter who I put on Luka. He's going to be a bucket. He's going to do everything in his power. I'm, I'm okay with giving him 35 a night. Like, I, I'm fine if he averages 35 to 40 in this conference finals. I need his assists to be down in, like, the one or two range. One, like, it can't be, it can't be five or higher. Um, that might be a weird, lay, weird way of looking at it, but if he has the nine assists like he normally does, that means he's also getting a two or a three for someone else. So the way I look at the series, um, I would make sure and have, honestly, I'd play like, this, sound, this is going to sound absolutely insane, but I would play probably like Steph or Clay Thompson. Or and, and you could put Wiggins on there, but I've, I'd rather Wiggins be guarding somebody else, in my personal opinion. I'd have Wiggins and Draymond guarding 
two other players to ensure that they don't beat us. Because at the end of the day, this game is not going to be won or lost because Luka Doncic shows up or not. Luka Doncic is showing up. I would make sure Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleba, and, and whoever else, do not show up. I would make sure to clamp down everyone else because Luka's going to do Luka. Like, we, we, we got to stop denying the inevitable. But I can't afford him to have triple doubles on me. It's, it's got to be double doubles with rebounds and points. And But, Jack, if, if your prediction comes true and he has a 60-point game one night, yeah, they probably win in that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, to the Warriors, uh, if you play like you played in the fourth quarter of game six against Memphis, you probably run away with this series really fast. And you're sitting waiting for whoever dogs out and uh, – comes out of the battle in the east um who's gonna be beat up coming to you um but i haven't seen consistency from the warriors this entire postseason yes they have the pedigree yes they've been here done that um the way luka Doncic is playing right now he wants it more um in my personal opinion and so because of that i'm picking luka Doncic and the mavericks in six Wow, um, I'm all, I'm one wow, I'm all, I, I'm going all in, baby, <laughs> bro. I I could see it. Like after we us playing Golden State, I I don't believe this is the Golden State Warriors of old. This is not the 2015 73 win Golden State Warriors. Not even close. Um, I I don't think they're unbeatable. However, I I still think, um just with experience man i i have golden state in seven and i'm not saying they're winning the championship because my personal opinion it's coming from that miami boston whoever limps out of that series is gonna beat beat whoever comes out of the west in my opinion because uh, i just don't see golden state or dallas being better than miami or boston i don't think those two teams were even better than milwaukee without chris middleton uh, that's how do- down i am on the west but just with this series um I could I could see it going either way because I mean who the hell would have thought the Suns would be out right now? We didn't even spend time discussing. I mean we we started the playoffs. Yes, I said they had a bunch of pressure on them, but in my head I'm like God. Looking at the bracket, the Pelicans and Mavericks. I mean Jesus, that's how easy how easy can you get to the conference finals? But I I could see Luca carrying them to the NBA finals. That would not shock me one bit. To compare it to football, it'd be similar to kind of Joe Burrow's first. Uh, deep deep run in the playoffs this year I could, I could definitely see that but I just I'm going with the championship pedigree I'm going with Golden State in seven games I think both these conference finals go the distance in my opinion and that's a little bit because of my selfish ambitions I want them both to go seven and can we please have like two good se- game sevens this time please. if they go seven please, please bro because <laughs> that that debacle on Sunday was not too fun but uh, yeah that's my prediction on it well, this um, is a Hampton Hoops podcast first, Jack. We didn't we didn't agree on both of the series. That's a first. We need to document this. I know. <laughs> I know. We need to really sit down and have a conversation about our future. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
what's wild, what's no, wild is this is honestly wild for both of us because I feel like we've never disagreed on a sports thing. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm here no, for I it because I think it, we man. got two two really good conference finals. So I'm pumped. Hey, and stakes are never higher, man. So it's it's a it's a fun time to disagree for sure. May the best man win. May the best man win. <laughs> For sure. Let's go to a player. <laughs> Let's go to a player where the stakes are um, really nothing right now. This is a guy who um, has been posting on his Instagram story like he's um, a 12 year old middle school basketball player of him shooting in the gym, saying he's working with a bunch of emojis, um, taking shirtless selfies in the gym as well. Um, I actually had to mute this player's story recently because it's so obnoxious. But that is LeBron James. Um, For anybody that's listened to this podcast for a long time, I'm not a LeBron hater or lover. I'm really indifferent about him. I think he is an incredible player. And the reason we're discussing him in this postseason is because he's not in it. And I've seen a little bit uh, sprinkled here and there of, do people miss LeBron James in this postseason? I think that's a very interesting topic because he has spent so much of these last 18 years in them, and it, it feels strange without him. I, I, Cooper, do you miss LeBron James in these playoffs? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and that is not a knock on LeBron. Uh, this, like, don't take that as... LeBron hate because you you said exactly how I feel about LeBron. He he's an incredible basketball player. I don't really care about everything else that he does <laughs> off the court, um, but he and we can't deny how incredible he is. Um, but in my personal opinion, you're getting to see what the NBA is going to look like for 20 years in this post in this postseason. You're getting to see John Morant dunks over people. You're getting to see Jason Tatum hit major, massive dagger threes. You're getting to see Giannis put up 40. Um, I mean, you're getting to see Luka Doncic just absolutely ball out. I mean, those are four people who are on the right side of 30, and they're young and up and coming. Some are older than others, and Giannis. And, uh, I mean, isn't Tatum still like 24 or something like that? Tatum's young, too. So, like, in my opinion, no. Like, these have been entertaining playoffs and we're getting to see the youth of the league in some teams. In some teams. Obviously, there's some veteran uh, teams out there, and the Heat are one of them. The Warriors are the other one. Um, but, like, and even the Suns are a more veteran team. Uh, yes, they have, like, a 26-year-old Mikhail, and they have a 25, something like that, and Devin Booker, and Aiton's young. But, like, we're going to see what the NBA could look like five years down the road when – LeBron James is potentially retired when maybe a Clay Thompson's retired, maybe a Steph Curry, maybe a Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. I hope Jim, not Jimmy Butler. I need Jimmy Butler to come finish out his days in a Memphis Grizzly Blue. But uh, I mean, I I love these playoffs, and we're getting to see different teams. I love the fact that both of the uh, championship teams from last year are gone because that means we're going to have something different. It's not like NCAA football where it's Alabama versus somebody every year. Um, I love it. And don't get me wrong. LeBron James is a different animal in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard is a different animal in the playoffs. Um, PG in the playoffs is different. Um, Dame in the playoffs is different. I mean, we have so many teams with so many 
incredible. Even KD, KD had a horrible matchup first round, but he's different. When I mean, so many guys that are incredible and staples of this league, who we didn't really get to see playoff minutes, or we didn't even get to see very good playoff minutes. Um, but I just think that's a, a telltale sign of how good the future is for the NBA. Um, so no, I'm not upset that LeBron's not playing. Uh, maybe stop trying to be the le- GM just just yet and uh, actually play better basketball. I mean, actually, I can't even be mad at him. He played incredible. That's why he was like number one on my fantasy team last year. But uh, no, I- I'm not upset. I love the I love the matchups we're getting. I love the highlights we're getting. I love the the basketball we're getting right now. Other than those game sevens, but uh, it, nah, I'm not upset at all. My answer is lame. Um, it's yes or no, or yes and no. And my, yes, because I love, as an NBA fan, I love grabbing my ba- bag of popcorn, going on Twitter and seeing LeBron lovers and LeBron haters just have World War Three about, <laughs> you know, what LeBron's going to do in these playoffs. And I love watching the talk about it and what it's going to do for his legacy. And then the every other day comparison to Jordan, I think it's absolutely comedic to me. I love watching that. And as a player, I mean, obviously, I love watching LeBron James. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. That's I, I, the greatness of him. I, I genuinely love. But the reason part of this answer for me is no is exactly what you highlighted. It's the newness of this playoffs. It for a star that hits close to home for us. It kind of parted ways for. Oh my God! Look what John Morant's doing. Look how he just ended Malik Beasley's career. Look how he brought his team down from 26 and um, won the game and won the series and had 47 on the Warriors. And same with Jason Tatum. Oh, my God, he had 46 in a game six with his back against the wall. Um, Giannis has cemented himself as a face of this league. Same with Luka. It's just made way for so much, so many young stars in this league, and I, I've loved that. I've I went into this playoffs loving the the newness of it. Yes, you and I both thought the Suns were would automatically be in the finals, but that was it. Nothing else was guaranteed, and the one thing we thought was guaranteed <laughs> didn't even come to fruition. Didn't even come close to fruition. So um, I, it's yes and no for me. Uh, that's all we're going to talk about LeBron James in this postseason. But uh, I just, I just had to get your take on it, and I, I want to talk a little bit, a little bit about it as well. Because uh, as great of a player he is, yes, I did miss him a little bit, but no, because I liked watching the young superstars in big time moments yeah. uh, come through and be, be recognized for that. Not all eyes on the Los Angeles Lakers for sure. And a, and a dude that I completely forgot to hit, Anthony Edwards and Cat. As much as I can't stand Cat, watching Anthony Edwards and Cat in their playoff series together, I mean, incredible. Like we're, we're the league's in good hands, and so that that would be my main reasoning for it. But yeah, I mean, you make a great point, dude. He, I mean, I said it too, but it's just more like I think the no outweighs the yes for me. But like, he, he's an incredible player, and watching him in playoffs is, I mean, he single handedly carried a few Cavalier teams to the championship game. <laughs> Uh, or the, yeah. yeah, to the final series a few times, and, and it was just insane to watch. Like no matter how hard 
I think the Pacers were like one of the first teams that had to play him. Like, but no matter how hard they like defended him, the man still took his team in five or six, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm done with y'all." So like, you it's not a lame answer. It's probably the same answer everybody else will give you right now. But uh, no, nah, I mean it's. It is what it is. I mean, you had a rough season. I mean, we didn't get a playoff with Russell Westbrook this year either, so it'd be like that. It do be like that for sure. Um, Cooper, I hope you have a fantastic night, my friend, and I can't wait. I cannot wait for our Grizzlies preview uh, that will come out Thursday at midnight yes, sir. in the mornings. So everyone be sure to tune into that. And Cooper, hope you have a great rest of your night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too, buddy. Yeah.